ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals All right, we're here with Molly Patrick, Clean Food, Dirty Girl. What a title, huh? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Where did that come from, the whole Clean Food, Dirty Girl? The kind of is funny to have kind of the, the contrast with that. It is a contrast, right? Yeah, and I kind mm -hmm. of, I, that's why I kind of like it because it is a little bit unexpected, but I should have asked if I could like, if I should oh, you keep could this. Swear. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. I, that's one thing. Let I, it rip, Molly. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, it's funny, you know, I used to, I used to talk like a sailor, like I used to have just a big potty mouth and I, you know, I think I've changed a lot in over the past, like, well, decades, right. Who hasn't really, Yeah. but I used to talk, I mean, I just used to swear all the time and I used to do a lot of things that I don't do now. I still yeah. swear like a brilliantly placed, like fuck is beautiful to it's me. Amazing. Right? It's, it's amazing. amazing. Like it can make yeah. all the difference. But when I first started Clean Food Dirty Girl, we weren't called Clean Food Dirty Girl. We were called something else. It was really boring and whatever. But um, when you know, when I was deciding on a new name, it was one of those like just lightning bolt moments where yeah. the name just kind of hit me, and I was like, "This, this is kind of us." And and clean food, it's not so like you know, it's not so much like if you're not eating our food, it's dirty. It's mm -hmm. like it's more of like the contrast between clean food, dirty girl, and it's more of like you know my whole brand is just like not taking ourselves too seriously and embracing yeah. imperfections. So it's sort of an overarching theme of the brand rather than like a literal, you know, um, a literal kind of sense yeah. of it, but it was really that like, okay, well the food that we, that, that we offer and the recipes and my background is in plant-based eating. And then I also tend to cuss. So you put the two together and it's clean food, dirty girl. And it just kind of stuck, right. <laughs> kind of sticky and it's, and it kind of sucks. So that's, that's where we're at. And I don't swear as much anymore. Um, not because I had an issue with it. It just my, I have kind of evolved and my writing has actually gotten better over the years. And so mm -hmm. I tend that I don't like, it, it's more for like a nicely placed curse word instead yeah. of like my writing being like scattered with it. Right. So yeah. That's what do you think the was. difference was like back then why you were doing that as much then? Like in my writing? Yeah. I just wasn't as good of a writer, I don't think. And, you know, I would get that feedback um, a lot. Like people would email me and be like, I really like your recipes. I like what you do, but I don't like your language. And it's clear that you just aren't a very good writer. And you're just using that as a crutch. And at the time I was like, that's bullshit. You're just yeah. like being a hater, whatever. And as I look back, I'm like, you know, I really have become a better writer. And mm -hmm. I actually am not trying to like, not use sweary, dirty, lang like dirty language. It's just sort of like the evolution of my writing. And I can see now, yeah, there was some truth to that actually, but I wasn't able to see that at the time. Yeah. It's sometimes hard to see when you're in it currently, when you're doing it and somebody from the outside tells you, and it's like, well, maybe I should evaluate this on some level, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, I was just really defensive about it because ultimately there probably was some truth to it. And I just, you know, I was new to all of this and, and, 
you know, the, my writing was sort of like the last of my worries because I was yeah. starting this online business and I didn't have a backup plan. And I kind of like just went all in with this, not knowing anything about it. So it was, yeah, it's where I was at. And it was a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Well, take me through, I'm curious. Um, you've had a very interesting life growing up, it seems like. And I'm also curious as well as you talk about plant-based has become very popular. So let's go back in time. Mm-hmm. we got the mm-hmm. in time music. It's going backwards. We're going backwards. Molly Patrick in the beginning, New Mexico, right? Yep. New Mexico grew up. I mean, the plant-based world has changed a lot and I can yeah. tell you firsthand because I've, I've actually never eaten meat in my whole life. Um, Which is incredible been- by the way. That's incredible. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I haven't met too many people like me that I have met a few people who've never eaten meat, but it, I, I never really thought it was incredible, but when I, you know, I think that it's, it's not as common, right. Um, yeah, to have that story, exactly. but my, my parents were, were hippies and they settled in New Mexico, bought a bunch of land and started to like build their house. And while they were building our house, they put up, they bought a teepee from a good friend and we all lived in a, in a teepee for a while. Then we kind of lived in a little, um, like fifth wheel trailer for a while out on the land. We had an outhouse. We didn't have, you know, I mean, they literally just bought a piece of land. And so, yeah. and there wasn't a lot of money to like, you know, put in plumbing and, and do all the, the, the fancy things. Um, it was just very, very basic. So it was a lot of living outside. We had an outside kitchen. My mom grew food. Um, it was really basic food, but really healthy food, right? Yeah. Grains and beans and veggies and basically what it's, it's what I do now. Um, right. and like I said, an outhouse, no like hot water, no indoor plumbing for a long time. So it was very, very basic. I didn't know that it was uncommon. I thought that's just kind of how it was. My best friend who lived in the land over from me, she was living in a school bus or her parents lived in a school bus while they were building their house. So I thought it was all very like, this is just how people yeah. live. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> this is normal. Like, you know, and what was, what was your like first interaction outside of that environment where you're like, oh, people live differently than me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was like when I started to go to sleepovers or go to, you know, uh, like go to a friend's house to, to play. And I had a, I had this one friend, they were sisters and I went over to their house and I was, and it was, you know, probably a very like normal, modest size house, but I thought it was incredible. I thought it was so luxurious because it had a bathroom like inside, like that flushed, you know, (laughs) like they have like a shower that's inside that has hot water. I was like, this is amazing. And I started to think, whoa, okay, this is not like how I I'm growing up is not kind of the norm. And I mm. want that. Like I want a hot shower. Yeah. I want to not like go outside to the outhouse at night. If I have to go to the bathroom, like, you know, so that was kind of, it was just through, yeah, through friend's house and you know, how, how they were living. And I thought, man, this is, you know, it was the first time I thought anything like that it was a, an issue because the yeah. whole time growing up, it was actually fine. Right. I know I didn't have any complaints about it, but I didn't have anything to compare it to. Do you think that's often what happens with people with food is they, they grow up or they have an experience with eating that they don't have any other comparison to, and that shapes Mm -hmm. how they feel about food? Yeah, totally. It's our worldview, right? It's, it's what, it's how we grow up and what we, what, what we're taught and what's modeled to us. And I think that that can extend to a lot of things, you know, and I think that is one, one reason why, um, 
when people are looking at their, their diet, if they're eating a standard American diet and they're looking at changing that there, it, it can't, that adjustment period can be rough in the beginning because it's so foreign and it's what they've always known. And so there's this, like, not only emotional, you know, emotions wrapped up in it, but there's also like the, the actual addiction part of it, right. The, yeah. what happens in the brain with, the, with all of the chemicals, but it's, and it's also like a societal thing and it's what they were taught. So I think that it is, I mean, it's, um, it can, it can be a complex thing. Um, it doesn't have to be, but I think that for most people, it starts that way. Yeah, most definitely. And with, with plant-based, I'm sure you're seeing that it feels, it feels like there is much more acceptance of a plant-based approach to eating, becoming more common. How has that changed from when you were growing up to now? Like take me through maybe some of oh. the kind of iterations of that, you know? Oh yeah. Like growing up, I was so weird. I mean, it was, it was very, very strange to not eat meat. I mean, just even at, you know, my, I would always have my lunches packed because, yeah. you know, all the food at the cafeteria was, or at school was like meat stuff. And, um, and, and not only did, you know, did we not eat meat in my household, but also it was all very healthy food. Right. Mm. And, and you can not eat meat and have unhealthy food. Right. right. So there's kind right. of a distinction. That's true. And, a lot of people don't think about it that way. Right. But like my mom always bought like sprouted bread and um, like tahini or almond butter on sandwiches with like berries. So did, we didn't have like a lot of sugar in yeah. the house. So it was always very like homemade, very crunchy granola kind of hippie yeah. um, health food. And oh yeah, like I would definitely get like stares and be really like, you know, poked fun at and stuff. And, and even going out like there, my school was by a McDonald's. And so there was a mm -hmm. group of friends that would, that would like leave school to go to McDonald's for lunch. And I, everybody would order burgers and I was like, I don't want that. So I ordered, like, I went up to the counter and I was like, Hey, I want a hamburger, but with no burger. And it, it was like a 10 minute ordeal. Like really? they had to call the manager. They're like, well, I can't do it. Cause I don't have the button for that. I don't even understand what that is. Like, it was so weird. And I'm like this 10 year old, like, I just want the bread and the cheese and the mayo and the lettuce. I just don't want the hamburger. It's not that big of a deal, but it was like such a, I mean, all of a sudden there was like five or six people around the counter trying oh or, you know, the register trying to figure it out. And so, you know, I have that very vivid memory. And I think now to like, you know, fast food chains rolling out like vegan stuff. And I think it's, it's become much more the norm and expected and accepted as well. So I've seen a huge change, um, going from not being cool at all to being kind of a, um, you know, a, yeah, I think that's very not popular to like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. I want to try it. So there's yeah. been a huge shift and it didn't happen overnight. You know, I've, I've seen it incrementally happen over the years. What have those increments been you think in your mind that have gotten us to this point? Yeah. So I think that documentaries, like the documentaries mm -hmm. that came out, like Forks Over Knives coming out. And I think it was what, 2010 or 11. Yeah. Like, I think that that sort of like started this new, new wave. And, and on the backs of that, there were, um, you know, other documentaries made. And then of course, Game Changers, I think was another like big push. Mm -hmm. So I think those documentaries had a lot to do with it. And also, you know, there is, there is that thing of like the, you know, people in Hollywood trying to go plant-based, like sure. that does like, 
do something for it, right? That does get people's attention. Um, so there's been there's been kind of that, but then there's also been this. Um, I think there's always like that tipping point, right? Yeah. When you start yeah. seeing, you know, I before I did clean before I started clean food dirty girl, I was in the restaurant business and I opened um, vegan restaurants and and you know at the time it was like you either ate at a vegan restaurant or you ate at a restaurant and you ordered a salad. Like for a long time, like regular restaurants that didn't, that weren't vegan, wouldn't have like specific vegan menu, right. vegan options on the menu. Right. It was like, I'll take a salad with no bacon and no blue cheese dressing and no yeah. like cheddar cheese. On I remember top. that. Yeah. I remember right. That, yeah. So kind of the slow introduction of like, okay, now we have these like quote unquote normal restaurants, but you know, having a plant-based section or a, you know, whatever vegan section. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been really interesting to watch. It's been, it's been great to watch, you know, and to also kind of then like be, be a part of it in some small way too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting when something is, well, for lack of a better word, is kind of on a fringe yeah. for a long time. And then you start seeing that fringe element start moving into the mainstream. Yeah. And I feel like that's there's a good all, words. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's also kind of like when there's something becomes fringe or it becomes mainstream, there's also kind of a other side that kicks. And so I've seen a lot of people who are now are promoting like a carnivore diet for yeah. that. And tell me, I'm, I'm curious because I feel like plant-based and carnivore are like rising at the same time. What, what are your thoughts about that? You know? Yeah. I don't know. There's always going to be something, you know, and I think you know, that you're right. I mean, I think that if you have the spotlight on this one thing, that's getting a lot of attention, it's like all of a sudden you're right. It's going to like bring up these other things. Yeah. And, and it, it's sort of like that, that idea that when you eat sort of a standard American diet, nobody talks to you about nutrition and right. you go plant-based and all of a sudden everybody's talking to you about nutrition. It's like this, huh? But you know, the carnivore diet, sure. You know, if that's all what people want to do. Okay. Like, I don't, huh, I don't know. I don't, I, I wouldn't suggest it, but I think yeah. that, that we're always going to have these, um, kind of trends and these trendy diets. And, and the thing about a plant-based diet is it's like, it's not a trend. And yeah. I think that because of the like six or not success, but the popularity it's having right now, people who haven't been in that world can kind of see it as like, Oh, well, this is a trend because now I'm just seeing it everywhere. Right. But it's really like, this is actually a very basic way to eat. And it's like yeah. very simple. This is not a trend. This has been happening for, you know, well, thousands and thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of years yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 And I think specifically with like the whole food plant-based where, right. Versus the vegan. Cause there is, there is a difference and people who are, who are new to this, I think sometimes the, those words can be inter used interchangeably yeah. when really they're not. Yeah. I think there's a lot of education with it as well with it, but it's always kind of like when something rises, something else rises. Yeah. It feels like it's almost it feels like it's diametrically opposed to it on some other side. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I feel like we're in a weird weird we're kind of like in a weird good direction with food it feels like it's like oh we're getting there like we're getting better like then it's just like it's just such a weird industry food in general yeah you know, you know? And I, yeah i think that you're right and i think um i think that we're getting there and i also think that there's just more awareness now yeah. and i think that awareness is a good thing but i also think that it's important for each of us to take responsibility for educating ourselves and for really, you know, figuring out what is what and not relying on, you know, just clickbait and the yeah. whatever who, who and who, you know, like, 
you know, do your research and find out really like what it is. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's more awareness and there's more talk about it. And so therefore there's more opportunity to learn about it and to make choices. Whereas before there wasn't a lot of awareness. So it just sort of, you know, there was these, like you said, these crazy fringy people who are just out here and then everybody else, you know? Yeah. It's hard because like, I talk to my wife about this stuff all the time because I think she's been, she's been into this like forever. And I said, was it hard growing up in like central Pennsylvania? And like, you're into something that literally no one else is in. And then you watch other people get into it. She's like, it is hard because you're swimming upstream your entire life. It feels like, and everybody thinks you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but the funny thing is like for me and I, I I get that. Like, I definitely feel that I, you know, my whole family that wasn't, you know, like my parents. so, So like my um, grandparents, for example, or my, you know, aunts and uncles and extended family, they always thought like my mom was very much the, I mean, she kind of like dropped out of being a housewife and sort of like burnt her bra and moved to the mountains and sort of went against. So, so automatically she was like the one kind of one in the family that's very, very different Mm -hmm. and going to visit my grandparents. Yeah. You would think like that I was an alien. Like they just did not understand me. And it was very, you know, but it, it's weird because I never saw myself like that. Mm. And I don't know if that that's a testament to how I was raised and, and really raised in a way that's like, you know, um, your worth is not dependent on what people think of you. Like yeah. you're already worthy and whole as a person. And you just, you know, um, I don't know if it, if it was that, or just, I, I don't know, but I never really felt like the outsider weird one. I just thought, well, this is just how I eat. Yeah. But what influenced your mom? Like if she had parents that were not similar to her, what was her mm. influencing thing, deal? So she grew up, um, she, every time she would eat me, she would get horrible stomach mm. pain and she was really forced a lot of me growing up. My grandfather like was a butcher or my grandfather's dad was a butcher and so they had a butcher shop. So there was a lot of, lot of meat and they were also like in the grocery store business. And so there was a lot of meat growing up and that was sort of like the status and that was what you did. And so not eating meat for her wasn't an option, but it always made her sick. And so when she kind of went out on her own, she was like, Oh, I don't have to eat this anymore because it just made her feel better. Right. And then, and then like, that was sort of like the diet piece. And she was vegetarian then from, you know, pretty much from the time she left home. And she kind of knew about that, even though it was very, very strange. And then in the nineties, she had a gallbladder attack and they were going to like remove her gallbladder. And she asked the doctor like, okay, well, if I remove my gallbladder, like what, um, you know, what's going to do that job of the gallbladder? Like what, what, yeah. what am I taxing? What other parts right. of my body and organs am I taxing if I remove that? And the doctor was like, well, there's actually a way that you don't have to and you could consider like changing your diet right and going totally plant-based and doing really low fat and so she did that and her gallbladder has been great ever since and she like dropped 30 pounds and she got you know really super healthy and the only fat she would have occasionally would be like avocado and nuts and really focusing on whole plant food so that really shifted for her like going from vegetarian to like totally like whole food plant-based yeah. so that was kind of her evolution and then of course I just I, I had that as a model right growing up but she you know I think that that her whole thing with um going outside of society and the norm stemmed from her um, inability to pretend she was happy being a housewife and mm-hmm. not working and not having a career. Right. And, yeah. and she didn't 
she, she wanted to, to work and to contribute and she didn't want that white picket fence life. And so she just had the balls to say, fuck it. Right. Doing something different, even though nobody else was doing that at the time. And she was not allowing the consequences of that with like her family, like the fallout of that mm. to stop her from doing it. Yeah. And which I imagine at that time period must have been extremely, extremely different. And maybe, maybe it wasn't difficult, but I would think to a lot of people it would be pretty difficult to go against the tide of that time period, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it was in some ways, but I think just like anything, I think that the, you know, staying where she was, was going to be more difficult because yeah. she was like, she was really depressed and she was like, it just wasn't, she just was in a horrible spot mentally. And so I think for her, it kind of saved her life. And so it mm. was, you know, the, yeah, it was more difficult to stay than it was to change for her. And I think a lot of people actually like get to that point and that's really what tips them over the edge. Right. And I see that a lot in our community and a lot of people mm. changing their diet is like, okay, I kind of have this desire to change, but I'm not uncomfortable enough yet to do it. And yeah. once they're, you know, once the discomfort of staying in the same lane of what they're doing day in and day out gets, you know, more uncomfortable than the, than the, than changing. That's when, that's when it happens. There's a beautiful quote from um, Anais Nin about that. And I don't know it exactly, but it's that same, <laughs> that same idea, right? Yeah, most definitely. It's so what's the resistance? Have you encountered any real resistance to discussing plant-based approaches to people who are maybe vehemently opposed to it, or are you talking to anybody like that? Yeah. I mean, I just always come at it from the mind of like, I'm not here to convince anyone. Like I'm not here to convince. I'm not here yeah. to, I'm not here to change people. I'm, I'm here. If people get curious and have questions and want to try something then I'm totally here, but I totally respect and, 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 you know, I'm totally loving everybody regardless of what they eat. So yeah. I'm not, I don't have a mission to, to change. And I don't think that trying to convince somebody ever works because people are going to make the change when they are ready. And right. I know that I'll never be the reason why somebody changes. I might have some good recipes and I might give some direction and I might be sort of a support for people when they're ready, but like, I'm, I'm never the reason for somebody's like yeah. change and success or their um, inability to change and ultimately not like not succeeded, whatever. So I, I don't hold that responsibility. And so with that, I just, you know, I'm open to, to whoever comes our way, wanting more information and I'm happy to give it, but getting in debates and trying to convince and change yeah. people like that's just not my jam. Yeah. I, I feel very similar uh, about that. So where do you see, you know, obviously we're on this track where it feels like plant-based approaches to food is, be, is becoming more popular, it's more mainstream. Where, where do you see it going as we continue moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, you know, it's so, if I, if I, I could think of it going a lot of different ways and who really knows, right? Mm. I could see, I could see the plant-based world getting as processed and almost maybe not as destructive, but becoming pretty destructive, right? In the mm. production okay. of feeding masses with processed and possibly like um, engineered food, right? Like I could see the potential for some like, oh, what's going on over there? That could be, that could get kind of scary and, and, you know, but I could also see, you know, I can see a world in which a lot more people are like just growing their own food and making their own food. Yeah. Right. I know that's not realistic for a lot of people, um, like growing your own food. Right. That's like kind of 
it's great if you can do that, but a lot of people mm-hmm. can't do that. Um, I see it, you know, realistically, I just see it being a lot more available in the mainstream and probably because of that, not as like healthy as it could be, but Hey, probably healthier than, than uh, a meat heavy diet. So yeah, I know it. I've been reading some books. I can't remember. This is one book. It's really well done. It's like sex robots and vegan something. And uh, it was, I crushed it. I'm not a big book reader, but I destroyed this book because I was like, this is pretty cool. And it was talking this lady, she basically went around to all these companies who are making like meat, essentially in laboratory from cultures of, of animals. And, and it feels like there may be a future where we're trying to get away from, you know, f- uh, factory farming on mm-hmm. maybe not anytime soon, but, you know, it feels like that we're again, like we're in this weird winding path of like, we want to do good. Like we want to, but we're struggling to let go of the past of how things have been. Do do you see that a little bit or? Yeah, I think as a whole, I think that as a society and as individuals, I think we're always kind of looking to our past to see what's possible for the future. And I think that that's always going to be limiting because that's only going to get us where we're at right now. And so looking to the future to see what's possible is like, has so many more options. Right. And I do, I mean, I think, oh my God, how amazing to, to have, it would be to, to get rid of factory farming altogether. I mean, what a, what an amazing, it'd be for so many, for so many reasons. And I think, um, so that's why I'm really focused on like, okay, the individual, like not changing people, not convincing people, but like what support do people need? Like what, what beliefs do people need to look at to evolve and to like expand their capacity for nourishing their body. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the beliefs that are stopping them from doing that? Um, what are the thoughts that they have that are stopping them from doing that? And so looking at that is like very fascinating for me, right. To see like at the individual level, like what, what, what is that? And how can we like provide support for people to see that, oh, there might be a different way. And it's, and it's not dependent on my past and what I'm like attached to, but it's like looking at what's possible for my future, both as like the society and the health of the planet and everything else, but also, also for my personal health and well-being and how I show up for my life every day. So I'm really interested in that, like belief thoughts piece right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very fascinating and, and kind of expanding on that. What do you see as the most commenting, common, common limiting factors for people mm. that they mm-hmm. want in, in their change opportunity? So I, what comes up a lot, there's a few things, but one that I see that's very common is people are uncomfortable making this change if their family isn't on board. Mm. So that holds people back a lot. Like, okay, my, my husband, my wife, my kids don't want to do it. They're not eating this way. And so therefore, like, I, I can't prioritize this for myself or I'm unwilling or I'm not going to, it's, it's too hard. So that piece is really big. Like my family's not going to do it. So therefore I can't. Um, another piece that I see is the sort of all or nothing mentality. Like if I can't do it hundred percent, I'm just not going to do it at all. And I'm just going to go back to how it was and not get, not allowing any room for like, okay, well, can it be a little of this and a little of that in the beginning and just kind of exploring and getting curious about the process instead of having this belief that there is a perfect way to do it. Right. 
So that's sort of another, another one. Um, another one might be just like, you know, my, my, my friends and my workplace and the people around me aren't familiar with this. So feeling very like isolated and alone in the process and not feeling like they have support, um, and having this misunderstanding that we don't change because who we have in our life, like that can add something to it, but we ultimately have to be the one doing it. Right. So not feeling supported from their like community can be another one. And then there's things like just you know, the straight up addiction that people have to, to food, right. That can be another one that's, that's, um, and the, and the unwillingness or, or not being aware of what it takes to make changes is to feel your feelings. So yeah. not being willing to feel your feelings when you're going through this process is another big one too. But, you know, because we have this amazing community, I do see this stuff come up and it, it is, it is pretty fascinating. Um, but I think that there's a lot of people willing and there's a lot of people wanting it. Um, and there's a lot of people trying. It's just sort of like going back to that idea that there is this one perfect way. And as soon as they do it like that, everything is going to be fine. And having this thought that as soon as I do this, then my life's going to be perfect. Because right. life is never perfect, regardless <laughs> of how you're eating. I'm <laughs> so going to eat amazing and, and be amazing everywhere else in my life, right? Right. And then you're reaching this goal and you're eating plant-based and you and you probably feel better physically, but sure. also then you're like, you're going to have a day that sucks. And it's like, well, wait, <laughs> life wasn't supposed to suck after I reached this, this goal. It's like, no, life is always going to suck. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like, um, I'm interested in your take on this because a lot of people, you know, the word health. People, well, this person's healthy. And often when people refer to that, they refer to like food and like physical fitness based health, not knowing that th- that word encompasses so much more than totally. that. So if somebody totally. comes to you with like, oh, I want to be healthy. How do you talk to them about that term? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's an all encompassing term. I've seen people who are quote unquote healthy. They have, um, you know, their labs would be good. Any doctor Mm -hmm. would tell them you're in good, good health. Um, their body has, you know, energy and they can do their day-to-day stuff, but they are like completely stressed out and beating themselves up if they're not being perfect. You know, one time they have birthday cake and it's like, they are waging a war against themselves. So that, right? Like, it's almost like looking at the mind, body, soul, like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, physical health is one thing, but then I don't know. It's almost like, how's your mental hygiene? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like, how are you thinking about yourself? Right. Are you showing up in love for yourself and for the people around you? Like, are you, um, are you being gentle and compassionate with yourself to take life kind of as it comes and, and have some humor about it? So I think my whole thing is like, helping people eat more plants while celebrating human imperfection. That's really like my, Mm -hmm. my thing. And so I think talking about more than just eating plants, it's why that for me, like there has to be a bigger conversation because it's not just about eating plants, right? It's about the whole kind of collective, like quote unquote health and, and like, what is that? And what is that for the individual? Cause it's not really up for me to say either, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting too, is often I've seen with, with food is, or let's say approach to food that a lot of times it can be very sensitive for people because many people identify how they eat food is who they are as a person. 
in many yeah. ways. It's if they're a yeah. vegan or, you know, yeah. it's like that becomes their existence for yes. that, you know? Yeah, I see that a lot too. And I don't, you know, I think that it's an innocent thing though, because I think that most people yeah. like don't know what, like, okay, well, who am I as a person? Like, that's yeah. a pretty... I think for most people don't ask themselves that question. Never. And when you they really never start, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and when you start peeling back the layers on that, you really do look at it and be like, well, you know, actually who I am as a person is actually the thoughts that I have about myself and the beliefs mm. that, that I have about myself. That's who I am as a person. Right. So identifying as like, you know, I'm Molly and I'm vegan. Well, I'm Molly, but like, and I eat plant-based food, but I'm so much more than that. Yeah. And, and my self is based in how I'm thinking about myself every day. Yeah. Right. That's all it is really. Yeah. It was, it's interesting too, is I think it's, it kind of goes back to that fringe moving the mainstream. Like sometimes people say, Hey, if I go into this, am I going to start like making my own clothes? Am I going to live? <laughs> you know what I mean? If people think they're going to fall into this lifestyle that maybe they don't want. The you gateway know, drug. You, you hear you that? <laughs> Yeah, I do. But like the funniest thing about that is that people think that like they just fall into a lifestyle as if they yeah. have no agency over what their choices, <laughs> right? I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be living in a teepee, growing my own yeah. food and not, you know, like, <laughs> like that doesn't just happen. Like right. we have, we have agency, we get to decide what we do. And so I think, you know, okay, you're, but I do see that like people are okay. They, and maybe not so much anymore, but it used to be certainly like, okay, well, I'm kind of curious about going plant-based, but I don't want to grow out my armpit hair and become like this like hippie. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, you don't have to do that ever if you don't want to. Like yeah. I, I shave, you know, it's so you can make, you can, you can yeah. have your agency and decide how much you want to do of this. And, and, and more importantly, like, what is your why? Right. Why do you want to do this? If you really like your why, then that's a great place to start. Um, and then you get to decide, well, do you want to go all in? Do you want to play around? Do you want to like, yeah, it's, it's so, in, it's so up to the individual. I think so. Definitely. Do you think that I talked to somebody else about this? I'm curious about this for you. Do you think that often though, things come from fringe to mainstream because people who are not maybe doing those, what people may term more extreme lifestyle habits for that are, are now getting into it. So if somebody who is not doing those things, getting a TP and they're like, oh, that person seems more like me. It seems more relatable for them to get into it once it's adopted by people who maybe are not living in that yeah. lifestyle some more, you know? Yeah, I think so. Because I think that people just want to be heard. They want to, yeah. you know, it's when you see a part of yourself in somebody else, I think that there's, um, it disarms you a little bit. Yes. Right. And I think that if you, but the interesting thing is, you know, we're also like beautifully human mm -hmm. and we're also relatable, but it might be that you just don't know that part of that person that you might actually have something in common with, right? Because that part isn't shown or you're not looking for that part or you're uh, making assumptions or like whatever. So I think that, yeah, I think that when you, yeah, when you can relate or when you see something about somebody else, it's like, oh, I can kind of resonate with that. And usually mm -hmm. it's like the human stuff. 
yeah. right? It's, it's that human stuff of being imperfect. It's like the, yeah, everybody has body odor. Sometimes everybody farts, everybody that's poops, true. like everybody like, <laughs> you know, has morning breath. Like it's all that stuff that we can all relate to. And that's why I like bringing that stuff up, like, and reminding people, like, we're all so beautifully human and, yeah. um, let's, let's start there. Um, and see, see where it takes us. I love that because I think for a lot of years, um, you know, I think our population of people sometimes tries to turn that off. It's like, well, I don't do those activities. I don't, that, I never, I never fart and stuff like, sure you do. I mean, like, yeah. come on. And it's yeah. better to like, just put it out there and be like, come on, this is like a common thing amongst people. Don't act like you're the one person that does it, you know? Right, like, exactly. And when you do, don't make it mean that you're like this horrible person, like yeah. we're all, you know, but I think that in, in so we can apply that in a lot of different ways too. Like my, my wife is not plant-based. And when we right. first started this company, it was like, you know, I, I was like, I, I was nervous about her not being plant-based because mm -hmm. like, well, does you know, are there any other people out there who's doing something like this with a partner who's not plant-based and maybe we, I shouldn't mention it. And maybe, and I was like afraid of getting like judged and all that. Yeah. But what I really came to is like, I, you know, this is the reality of it. I don't care that she's not plant-based. That is my truth. And I'm going to go forward with this and just be open about it and be, you know, because I think if I wasn't open about it, there'd be some sort of part of me that wasn't accepting about it. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm accepting about this. And so therefore I don't care what other people think about that. Like they're totally, they can have all of their own opinions and thoughts and beliefs and feelings about that. Um, but by being open to like, and whatever it is, right. Being open to being human or to like farting or to, you know, um, maybe just whatever, making choices yeah. that aren't supporting you in a moment. Like it's all okay. You know, having a wife yeah. who's not plant-based when we have a plant-based company, like who cares? Like, but bringing it up and, and sort of like talking about it can bring a tremendous amount of like, ah, okay, that's better to get it out there, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what happens too, is people that, well, you're like this. So then everybody in your universe must also share these things with you, which is totally not human actually, yeah. you know, no, it's not, you know, it's definitely not human. It's not realistic and it's not, you know, and, and really good, like good. Like I love my wife just for exactly how she is. I'm not trying to change her. If she wants to change great, but it's not my job to change her or like, or anybody else. And I certainly like, you know, all, I have friends who, who are plant-based. I have friends mm -hmm. who aren't, I have, you know, it's like, it's so eclectic and, and beautiful. You ever have any discussions amongst people, even your wife who are like, who are not plant-based is there, uh, where you're like, you know, it's fun that I get to have people who are not like this and we can have good discussion about it. And are people like, wow, I can't believe this, like that you guys are okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that that is, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always found it really fascinating to be with people who are much different than myself because mm -hmm. there's, there's so much to learn, right. About like yes. culture. And, um, my wife is from Malaysia originally and awesome. she, she moved, she, um, immigrated here when she was 30. And so being able to go back and like visit her family and like experience that culture has been amazing. Cause there's so much richness in the diversity, yes. you know, and, and we do, I mean, people do bring up like, how, how do you guys make it work? And I actually realized like a few years into the business that like, Hey, this wasn't a liability. This was actually an asset mm. because now I can bring my experience to the table and, and share that with other people who, who 
whose partner isn't plant-based and how that can be totally fine. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Like actually when you mentioned that your wife was not plant-based, you know, like for me, it's like whatever, but there was a part of my brain that was like, Oh, really? You know, like (laughs) I was catching myself for a day. I was like, really? Uh, It's like, and it's so amazing. It's such a good thing. I think in many ways, you know, it's, uh, my wife and I are very similar, but very different in many ways. And we just accept that in each other, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's what makes a strong relationship. It's like, yes. just, it's just totally, you know, understanding that when you love someone unconditional, it really is unconditional. And, um, and there can be like boundaries and really healthy, like, um, really healthy debates. And yeah. it's still in that, like boundary or in that debate, there can still be a tremendous amount of love and acceptance for each other. And so, yeah. And I will say too, like when I first met Luann, she, she didn't, you know, she ate, like she would go out to eat all the time and she, she eats a lot healthier now than she did. And she, and she eats, you know, she's not plant-based, but she eats probably 90% plant-based because she eats what I cook. And I don't cook meat because I wouldn't even know what to do with meat. And (laughs) besides that, I'm not going to cook her separate meals because I'm, I got too much to do for that. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) so she's learned a lot from me and I've learned a lot from her and like her culture and her upbringing and, and her beliefs. And it's just, yeah, it's really, it's really fun to get curious. It is. And I feel like it's just such a great approach you have, you know, it's, it's one of the, uh, it's surprising. You never know what you're going to learn from people. That's why I love talking to people because, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've talked to many people who, um, maybe have your approach, but maybe not the mindset that you have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's refreshing. It's good because you could take this approach to so many other aspects and topics in life. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the word, those two words, healthy debate, that's something we need more. Yeah. <laughs> more of. You know, it's funny because we, we have a, a private and thank you for that. I, I hear mm-hmm. that and I feel that. And I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, we have a, a Facebook group with quite a lot of people in it. And over the weekend, there was a debate about oil mm. and people are asking, okay, why is there no oil in a whole food plant-based diet? Like I thought oil was healthy and we had, you know, and, and one thing in our, in our group is like you come join you can eat however you want like you just can't be an asshole that's like our number right if you're an ass like we just don't we don't have room for for assholes right (laughs) yeah and um and so there were you know this this discussion and this thread about oil it really started to get like heated and it started to get nasty and it's like okay wait hold on like a healthy debate is possible and it's good and it can happen when we are able to like, not get like when we're not taking it personally. Right. And when we're staying curious instead of like being defensive, you know? And so there's a way to do that. But I, but I think that that's not something that people really learn. And I think that's a skill to be able to do that. You know, it is. And most definitely, actually, when I was getting my doctorate, uh, I've taken philosophy many times, but in every philosophy class I had, we had to learn how to argue and how to have so good. healthy debate. And it yeah. was actually a skill we worked on every single week. And then we had to go yeah. on and get up in front of the class and argue a belief that we didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. Now that's powerful. If you've never yeah. argued for something that you are opposed to, yeah, you really haven't seen the other side of how to argue like that. <laughs> 
And that's really, that could be quite scary because that in itself is probably going to, in some way, change a belief that you have, right? Because we think that we know, but do we really, until we get into the nitty gritty and really start to learn about it. And so that's, that's a, that's a powerful thing. I'm sure that, that you learned a lot from that class. I gained a lot from it. And it was just, it made me calm when I got into conflict. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, okay, if you know, that I don't want to get super emotional about this and start saying things that I don't, I will regret. You know, I never yeah. want to get into that. I just want to be very logical about it. I want to get, you know, my point across, but I want to be respectful about it. And yeah. uh, I think, I mean, you practice, like you said, as a skill, when you practice it over and over again, it gets easier. It gets a it lot does. easier to not get worked up about stuff. And know? to not be like react, like always yeah. reacting to things. Right. Yeah. But I think it, but the base of it, I think is the understanding that like, ultimately we're responsible for how we feel. Yeah. Like we can't, we, we can't ever like when we give that power away yeah. to like, okay, I'm feeling this because of something you said, first of all, it's not true. Cause we can't like, we ultimately are responsible for the thoughts that we have about yeah. whatever some, some, you know, somebody says, but also then like, you're totally giving away that agency and that power to somebody. And so when we can like step back and take responsibility for how we feel, it's a lot easier to like, you know, the guard goes down. And if you're not trying to protect your feelings, when you know that like you are in charge and so you, you know, there's no need to protect them. Then it's like, okay, now I'm open to like some debate knowing that, that you can't like hurt me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of gain these levels of like you're doing a martial art and you're gaining levels and belts and you get higher and higher and more proficient. You could walk into a den of, of really nasty things and be like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, totally. you know, it's like, totally. it's okay. You know, and it angers people when you're not like that too. <laughs> yes. I find that too. They're like, I want you to be angry with me. I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. Just- totally. <laughs> um, like my wife, Luann, she, like, she has, like, she's fiery. She's mm-hmm. fiery. She has like a lot of opinions. She's very like, you know, she's quick to like kind of rile up and she's yeah. passionate. And, and there are times when she's, if I had a dollar for every time she said this in our 13 year relationship, it's like, I'm pissed off that you're not pissed off. Like, <laughs> I'm upset that you're not upset. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah. true though. But, it, but once you have that understanding, it is like, it's such a it's been a really important skill for me to have because of our community and being able to kind of like, um, being the, the face of, of our brand and kind of like being this, this person who's able to like, um, have there be room for everybody. Right. And I need, I, that was a skill that I've gained over the past year, you know, the past, like, well, we've been doing this since like 2014. So, um, but it takes, it takes practice for sure. It does take practice. I have to tell you, Molly, this has been awesome. I mean, very enlightening conversation. It's been so Um, good. I've had the best time. Yeah, I just like, I just enjoy meeting new people, learning about them, and just meeting like we're two strangers meeting and learning about each other, about the things we care about and and being curious. That's the best. That's the best. It's it's like life is so magical, right? When you're open to it, it's like, I don't know, just stumble across people. You have an awesome talk with. And it's like, my life is richer now. It's so good. Yeah. It's like yeah. you gain something in that time. It's like, oh, I got, I've now armed myself with something else that will hopefully yeah. make me better and go out there and be better to other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I thank love you it. for well, that. 
Thank you. It's been, it's been amazing. I've had a, such a good time chatting with you. Thank you for having me on and for sharing your space. It's totally my pleasure. Molly Patrick, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.